transcripts from our first trial. We're supposed to get them so we can use them against because their primary witness was steady lying. Like we got lies after lies after lies. He changed the story. First he said he never saw me. Never saw me, never there. Then all of a sudden I'm there. Then I'm not there. It just was a lot of crazy yeah. stories. He got caught lying on the stand. And then when it was time to go, when we finished the first trial to go to the second trial, all of the transcripts mysteriously disappeared. Oh. They said the court, the court, all of a sudden, the recorder didn't work. Nothing else was recorded. Everything was lost. It, it just behooves me how you guys allow this. Now, all of the stuff to help them to try to pin me with the charge yeah. was in the paperwork. Everything that showed the individual lying just mysteriously disappeared. Disappeared. And so it ended up being a blessing in disguise. Guys. Sorry that it happened the way it did, but the Lord really opened my eyes in that season. Because during that season, Miss Sheila, I'm going to tell you, I was going nowhere fast. Yeah. I was in the streets. I was selling drugs. I was trying to be a gang member. You know, I was doing yeah. a, I was doing things that deserved me to go to prison. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't living a life of a saint. I was living a life of a criminal. But I did not commit that murder. I did not commit that murder. And that's the truth. I did not commit it. But when he got down, he said two and a half years. And I said, you know what, dude? He sold me out at the last minute. And I said, you know what? Just give it here. Give it here because I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. Right. And I just give it. So I got it. I did a, an additional three years. So I did a total of five and a half years and then in prison. And then I was released. But 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 when I was in prison, I was the free, the most free I've ever been in my life. Wow. Tell us when the I story. To, yeah. When I got to prison, I, I, I got into, I started studying the Bible. Wow. I started I started studying the Bible when I got in there. And, and, you know, my mom took us to church periodically as a kid. I didn't know the Bible. I didn't know church. I didn't know God like that. But when I got in there, I started reading the Bible. And as I was telling you how the word started showing me, I was able to see myself through his eyes. And he started showing me stuff and speaking to me. And he just started blessing me. And so one of the first things, even, even there, I uh, ended up getting my GED yeah. while I was incarcerated. I yeah. said, you know what? Go to school. Get your GED. Yeah. So I went to school, got my GED. I started studying the Bible, got into the Bible. And one day at a service, I guess felt the spirit tell me that I want you to start a Bible study. And I started talking to some guys that I was with. And I said, man, I said, the Lord told me to uh, start running Bible study, conducting Bible studies, but y'all join on. They, they said they would, and, 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 and it started growing. It started growing. I'm talking about, I just watched God just use me tremendously with young men that was coming up through there, and they was coming and talking to me, and it was coming. It was just, it was a lot going on. Even, even the, 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 the staff, I had some of the deputies, the other, the police officers oh. that would come to me uh, and, and, and when you're incarcerated, they have to, they don't even pose a, have relationship with the prisoners because mm -hmm. they don't want to be compromised. Yeah. They will come to me and tell me their whole life stories. Tell me, man, would you pray for my wife, my kids, my family? I'm talking about, they would tell me all type of stuff. I had a counselor. My yeah. counselor, when I would go in and talk to my counselor, which was a lady, 
when I went in there to, to, to talk to her, to my counselor, the Lord allowed me to counsel her instead of her counseling me. You. So when I would go in there and talk with her, she started telling me about her childhood with her, her parents and her husband and her kids and the problems I would pray for. I would give her scriptures. I, I had to go in there sometime and I said, Miss Donna, hey, listen, I got to go. You know what? Yeah. I, I can't sit in here with you all day, but it was just the power of God that was starting to use me and change me while I was yet incarcerated. And one of the things I tell the guys, even because I do jail ministries too, I tell the guys when I go into the jail ministry, I say, you know what? I used to pray, Lord, get me to allow me to go home. Lord, bless me to go home. After I got started getting into the word, I never prayed even for God to send me home any longer. My, I had The time I got sentenced to was two and a half years as a minimum to a 15 year maximum. My prayer started changing. Not, Lord, I started stop praying, Lord, get me out of here. And I said, Lord, use me while I'm here. And I wow. said, Lord, listen. And this is one of my prayers I tell people. I said, sound crazy, but this is when I knew God really had a hold on me. I said, Lord, listen. I love the relationship that you and I have that I've gained with you while I've been incarcerated. I said, Lord, if I got to do every day of this 15 years to stay in a relationship with you, then Lord, don't open these doors for me. Because I would rather stay in prison with you to go home and not be with you. Yeah. That's how much freedom I was at any longer. I, I said, Lord, watch over my kids. I can't go out there. Listen, you got them covered. There's nothing I can do. I'm asking you to watch over them. You've been keeping them. But I like the relationship we have. If I got to do every single day of this 15 years, I prefer to stay in prison with you and to go home without you. And it's so crazy. Within the year, he opened the doors and released me. And he opened the doors and released me. And, 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 and um, before I left, I was teaching the Bible study and it was growing, different things was happening. And I was praying, Lord, what do you, what do you want me to do? You know, what do you want me to do? And in and, and, and my spirit, he said, let me know. I want you, I want you to preach the word of God. And so I actually preached my very, not a Bible study. I was, I was transferred to another facility. The preacher didn't come in that day. The pastor didn't come in uh, from the outside. And they asked me to preach. Whoa. And I was allowed, and prisoners don't even supposed to preach to other prisoners. Yeah. This is the favor that God was giving me. Even you. He allowed me to get up before these men and to preach his word. Actually, while I was preaching, the pastor showed up and he said, just continue. He said, just continue. And that was the power of God just mm -hmm. working. And so, yeah, doing that incarceration time, that was one of the best times of my life because I was truly set free, even being physically incarcerated. I was spiritually free. I was so free. It felt so good. And so when he finally opened the doors, it was like, you know, it, and it was like a sad thing. It was like, it was like, people was like, you think you'd be so excited to go. I was excited and I was sad at the same time because I was leaving men behind that I had built a relationship yeah. with. And a lot of guys who came to me for spiritual insight and I was able to breathe, you know, to, to encourage them and, and to encourage them. And it, it, it was a bittersweet situation, but it was my season had ended there and the Lord started transitioning me uh, back to society. And so 
Um, yeah, that's kind of how I went in the prison thing. And, you know, and, 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 and I, like I said, I hate it had to go to prison and hate I had to go to prison under the circumstances. But in the end, he used that prison sentence to set me free. I got a lot of messages as you told the prison story. Actually, as you started telling your story from beginning to, but I got a lot more from your prison story, as in sometimes God gets you to the place where he can get your full attention. Yes. So he actually took you there to the prison. You, you weren't supposed to be there. Yes. He could have come through for you so that you don't end up in there. But that is yes. the only place he could get your full attention. Because if you were out there, you have too many things on your hand. You'll be going to work. You'll be doing that, 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 that. You will, mm -hmm. He will never get your attention. The only place you get your attention is you take you out of the busy life, out of the whole lot, to mm -hmm. a place where there is nothing you're doing. I believe in the prison, there isn't much to do there. So you have yes. a lot of time on your hand. Yes. And then when you feel the pressure, you'll be forced to look for a solution. And then that yes. is where he will come in. And then you would, you would love to know him more. Those were the messages I was getting out. Sometimes. I have personal stories as well in different ways. Most of, for me, most of my stories have been in childbirth. And I've had a lot of serious stories in childbirth close to death. And sometimes he wants to show you his worth. It's not like you don't know him, you do, but he wants yes. to show you what he can do for you. And yes. it's only when you have a personal relationship with him, that is when you experience that kind of him. And he puts you through a situation, not because he doesn't love you, no. It's because he loves you too much to lose you. So he's going to put you in places where you will definitely, definitely seek him. You'll be hungry for him. You get yeah. it. I've been, I've been, trust me, I've been in places where I felt lonely. I felt rejected. I felt that I needed some kind of support that people would would willingly stretch their hands out to be of help. And then when they've offered the help, they will draw their hands out and then will still have to leave an image that you don't deserve. I don't know if you get it, but let yeah. me quickly chip in the story. I got sick recently in 2019. I think I've shared little bits of the story. One day I'll share the full story. And I was close to death. My heart was, my nerves were shutting down. My heart was actually stopping in the hospital bed. So I had spent nine days in the hospital. And for me, when I was laying in bed, I, I knew I wasn't well, but inside of me, I felt whole, but I knew I wasn't well. Mm -hmm. So I laid in bed and then the nurses will come in and check your abs and that. And then one nurse came in in the afternoon to check my abs. And then the next moment I saw, she had pressed my buzzer and doctors and nurses were rushing to my bed. So in a split of a second, I had about, about nine to 10 doctors around me and they quickly had to rush me out of my ward to an intensive care unit. And I don't know what happened, but God came through for me. But then when they were, as they were pulling me out of that place, the nurse, the doctor who healed my bed said something to me and she was so nice to me. And she said, I'm going to make sure you get better. Because sometimes, trust me, the, the doctors are good, the nurses are good, but sometimes you may not get the best care. 
-hmm. and I did not get the best care. That was what landed me in the hospital in the first place. So she heard the story. She said, I'm going to make sure you are sorted, you are sorted properly. So when she did said that, I said to her, I'll be happy to see you again before I leave the hospital. And she said to me, I don't want you to see me again before you leave. Because anytime you, you have to see me, it means you are in severe danger. Okay. So you're actually going to die. That is when mm -hmm. I show up. Mm -hmm. So I don't want you to see me again, meaning I want you to get better so that sure. I'll not have to be called. And it was on that hospital bed, I decided to start this podcast because I felt that there are a lot of stories that people need to hear and will have to be empowered. And trust me, when I was sick, people, because my husband works away most of the time, so I'm left with my two children. And sometimes mm -hmm. when I'm not well, they are left stranded because who is going to take care of them? And people would quickly stretch their hands. I'll be there for you. Don't worry, I'll take care of them. And then the stories that come after, yes. you would have wished you did not leave them. Yes. You yes. get it. So there, there's a lot going on. But for me, what I got through your, your prison story is God is always there for us. If we trust yeah. him, he will always come through for us. Even people who do not acknowledge him as their father or as their God, he has a way of bringing them close because we are all his children. And he has a special way of doing that. They, the only way he will do that is to get our ultimate attention. And whatever it takes for him to do it, he will. Amen to that. I've known God. I've grown up in a Christian family since I was growing up. But I can tell you, the only time I actually got to know God was when I got married and I started having children, because mm -hmm. that is where my challenge is. So that is the only time I personally will pick my Bible and read. I personally will pray and not let somebody pray with me. Mm -hmm. That was the only time I sought God myself to know the kind of God he is. That was the yeah. only time. And sometimes I look back and I think it was actually a good thing. It was a blessing going through some of these things. Because that was yeah. the only way I got to know him better. Amen. Oh, yeah. I'm glad the podcast has gone this way. I'm excited. Okay. And I hope that people listening, if they are believers, they would understand us better. If they are not believers, that they will get to know the God that we have believed in. Because for yeah. me, he's done so much. And I believe he's done so much for you that yes. we cannot tell it all in one go. But I believe this story alone should be able to let them know from where you've come from. The story still goes on. We've not ended. We are still going to go on from after prison. So you came out from prison after spending five and a half years in prison. What happened after that? Okay, so I was released uh, almost four, close to 14 years ago. Okay. And so when I came home, um, I, I found me a church, a uh, local assembly, a church took a start going to. I got me a pastor. You know, I got underneath the leadership. Um, I had shared with my pastor what the Lord shared with me. He brought me on board and, and stopped using me in the church uh, to do like, you know, teach different classes, ministry, being over the youth ministry. You know, he was using me as needed. And um, he eventually licensed me. Okay. you know, preach the gospel. And after being under his leadership for years, you know, he eventually even ordained me okay. uh, to be a pastor. And that was, so I came home in 2007 and um, he ordained me 
in 2014, seven years later. Seven, eight, okay. Seven years later, he ordained me uh, to be, you know, an ordained, uh, ordained minister. And, uh, you know, and, and, and that was part of the thing came at home. And another thing I did was I wanted to, I wanted to go back to school. I okay. wanted to finish my degree. I wanted to know what I could do with myself with okay. applying myself. I dropped out of school because it wasn't because school was hard because honestly, school came easy to me. For some, school yeah. came easy to oh. me. Um, so I just didn't apply myself, and then I and I, you know, made the poor decision to drop out of school. Yeah. So I said, I want to know what I have, what would occur if I apply myself. And listen, how God is so good. When I came home, I came out in October of 07. I signed up for college, so I was going to start in the winter classes, but started in January. When I went, my very first semester being in college, I got all A's back on my uh, on my, my my grades. And the college was doing some type of something that was going on in the state where they were trying to give some funding for students. By me getting all A's on my grades, they was doing a uh, beginning. They was doing like a, a test trial of this new thing they were trying to bring. They had to have so many students involved. Okay. So they uh, invited me and asked me what I like to be on board. They said, well, we're going to pay for one semester for your summer semester. Uh, that's guaranteed. And if it don't go, at least you got your summer semester for free. Okay. I said, I have nothing to lose. Yeah. I'll do it. So I took the class. It went through and ended up my entire undergraduate degree was for free. Whoa. I got to go. I got to go to college and get my. So, so I broke it up and did my associates first. I did my two year associates. Then I went the other and, and finished it up and did the bachelor's. My so what happened was the first two, what this is what happened. So it covered it for two years. Let me let me tell you the whole story. It covered it for two years. Two years when I finished for the associates, I didn't hadn't even exhausted all the money. So then the whatever money was left over, they cut me a check of free money. At the end of the associates, I was working for work, I was working as a work study in the library at the college. At the end of the semester, a position opened up and they actually end up hiring me to work for the college. So as, a, as an employee of the college, they paid for so much of the college too. So whatever the Pell Grant didn't cover, the college paid. So I was able to walk away with a four-year degree for free. Wow. Nothing but the grace of God. It is. It Nothing is. but the grace it, of God. It is. Wow. Absolutely. And so that was awesome. And even on the school thing, um, even being in there, I was able to, uh, so I got into honor society. Great. And um, and after being in the honor society for about a year or so, um, I ended up becoming the president. I ended up becoming the president. And mind you, I'm fresh home from prison. Yeah. I'm still, I'm, I was still on parole from prison. Wow. And I'm the president of a national honor society as a prison. This is this was, this was the favor I'm showing you that God was doing in my life. And so I'm at the church. Like I said, I came home, I'm in the church. And so that was my life, basically. School, church, home, you know, that was it. That was, that was, that's, that's what my foundation that I was building it. And so um, a few years later, 
um, a, a friend of mine had an opening. They had, they just wanted me to come over one Sunday and preach a Sunday morning service. My pastor agreed it was okay. I went over and preached. They enjoyed it and they asked me to come back again. So it turned into a relationship where I started going back and then they asked me to come on board where I be their pastor. And uh, I talked with my pastor. My pastor approved it. And uh, it was a go ahead. And so um, he allowed me to be over assembly. And I'm like, wow, look at God. You know, when I first came to getting saved, it was not to preach the word of God. Yeah. You know, I was reading the Bible because I was lost. I needed some direction. I needed some guidance. I wasn't looking to be nobody. That, that's never been my goal. And that's still not my aim mm. now. You know, but I just want to do it and say, Lord, since you've given me this responsibility, I want to do it to the best of my ability. Great. And so, and I said, well, this is what I want to do. I want to go back to school. I want to go back to school because I want to be able to feed your children, Lord. So I said, let me go get my master's in divinity. Wow. So I went back to college. I went re and re-enrolled in college and um, went back for my master's of divinity. And, uh, and, I, and I finally completed. It took me a minute because I was working. Life was fully full and I took a year off. And my wife, she kind of encouraged me being on me. Uh, and, I, and I said, you know what? You're right, let me go back to school. And I finished. So um, in 2019, I finished my master's. I finished my master's degree, you know. And it felt so good because I just was looking at the journey. So yeah. I'm not caught up on things, but I like to look at the journey of, Look where he brought me from. Exactly. You know, I exactly. came through this. I've been through that. I've been through the other. I was looking at life. I was going through all of this. And it's crazy because in 02 is when I was incarcerated. 10 years later in 2012, I walked across a college floor with a cap on. With, and, I, and I graduated uh, uh Cum laude. I didn't go magnum cum laude, but I, and I so I had my cords on. Okay. Honor. I got to walk with honors. Like oh. 10 years later, later, I'm walking across the, I done graduated. I'm a graduate. Wow. And so he was, God was showing me that I got you covered. covered. I got you covered. And he just started yeah, shifting things in my life. And Sheila, when I tell you, it's been such a blessing. And, 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 and that's why I tell people, you know what? Who can listen? Who cannot love a God that's like that? Yeah. That he he doesn't look at our past like we do. Exactly. You know, he he sees us as who we are supposed to be, but even then, when we're not that. He yeah. sees the ending even in the very beginning. Yeah. When I was trying to be somebody that I really wasn't, he knew who I really was. Yeah. And he didn't give up on me. Yeah. And he was there loving me every step of the way. And every time I tripped and failed, because I had a plenty of trips and falls, yeah. he, he came and, 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 and nurtured me, talked to me, picked me up and said, get him on up, my son. You ain't got to stay down there. You failed, get back up. He yeah. helped me back up. Yeah. And he continued me on the journey. Yeah. And so that's what I've been doing. And so since I've been home, you know, I, like I said, I, go, I try to go give back. One of the things the guy told me before he uh, released me to parole board, he said, listen, he said, listen, that's what I want you to do. I want you to go back into society and give back. And so I try to go, and, I, and I've, 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 always, I've been volunteering for years. I, I do a lot of volunteer work. 
You know, I go out in the community. I've always, when I see little youth, um, especially youth best I can see that's headed in the wrong direction. I go and try to talk to them and try to encourage them and let them know, no, this ain't it, man. You know, and I try to support them to let them know, don't go this route. I don't, I don't want to see you have to go through, pipe through the prison system to feel like you got to come out, man. Don't go there. And if yeah. don't nobody, you got nobody else to know your corner. I'm letting yeah. you know, you can, I can, I'll be the one that's in your corner. Yeah. I'll be the one that'll stand yeah. in the gap for you. Yeah. If your mom, mother and father, not even that'll do it, man. Just, just, yeah. I, I'm here. And, and that's what I like to do is just go give back. And, and so, and as a result, he's been blessed, you know, as a result, he's been blessing me. And I'm just going to fast forward for, you know, so a few years later, I was able to start off with, well, I always cook. I've always been cooked. Even when I was in uh, incarcerated, when I was in prison, uh, that was one of the things I used to do. Cause like I said, my mother still didn't have no job, but she was ready to send me money like that. So yeah. I had to have to take care of myself. Yeah. I started selling food when I was there, you know, that was the way I was able to try to get money. I learned how to cook different things there and I started cooking them and selling them. And that's how I was making my money. And so, um, and I always liked to cook. And so when I came home and people liked my food, enjoyed it, I said, you know what? And so he allowed me to open up a catering business. Wow. You know, my wife and I, he allowed us to start a catering business and, wow. and let that do what it's doing. And, and then he says, he's just step by step taking me higher in him, trusting in him and and being obedient to his word and and walking in his way. He's he's elevating me, you know? And and I I thank God that he he didn't allow me to take the elevator in life. He allowed me to take the stairs. Because sometimes when you take the elevator, you don't don't understand the struggle of having to climb the flights of those stairs. Because on those stairs, you get tired sometimes. It's slippery out there on that floor. You know, you feel like, oh my God, I feel like stopping. It's not a straight up. You got to take it step by step. And I thank God for the step by step because step by step, he's he's not getting uh, the blessing ready for me. He's getting me ready for the blessing. Blessing, right. So he want to make sure that when he give us what we he will be have for us that we don't squander it all, exactly. that we don't mess it up, that we are able to be receptive of it. So I thank God for the stairs. And it's been some hard stairs, you know, some things I left out the story, but I've had some hard times. I've had some struggles. I've had some times where I've cried a lot of nights. You know, I've had a lot of sleepless nights of tears and, you know, eight tears for dinner, you know, but at the end of the day, I wouldn't trade my relationship with him for nothing in the world. Exactly. At the end of the day, that's that's that was the best thing happened to me. It exactly. took something tragic. It exactly. took something tragic in my life for me to open up my eyes to be able to see. But since he's opened up my eyes, oh my, 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 the relationship, you said it earlier, that relationship. Yeah. I wouldn't trade it for the world. And exactly. so- and, and, and that's all I, and when I come to share with the people and different, I just want to show them that, you know, you can, you can come back from virtually anything. You can bounce back from virtually anything. You know, you can go through divorce. You can go through jail. You can go through, just like you said, sickness. You can go through, you can, I mean, because life is going to throw you some issues. In life, no one is exempt from problems. Exactly. That's the condom. That's a common denominator. Exactly. Everybody who lives is going to have problems. Yeah. But the thing about it is, 
when I got the God by my side, I don't have to have my go through my problem by myself. Matter of fact, he tell us, give us his problems, our problems. Yeah. He said, we don't even have to carry them. I can give my problems to him and I can stop worrying about it. It's okay. It's okay. And, 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 and people say, how? Well, through prayer, God, and, and Lord, here, I need you to help me with this here. I need you to help me. And, and it's not a one, it's not a one and done. Sometimes I have to go back and say, Lord, I, I know and, and I still need some help. And it's still hard. It's not an easy thing. It's easier said than done. Exactly. Exactly. But it's worth it all. Exactly. It's worth it all. And so that's just a few of the little things that since I've been home, you know, God has he's just really, really, he's blessed me. Uh I look at it, you know, to be, you know, to when I've seen my picture in the paper for different things as far as like even when I was preaching different places and things and I look like wow almost 20 years ago they had my picture in the paper in a in a in a wanted yeah with a reward out for me yeah and now I'm being respected in the community doing things you know being looked at and walked in respect don't have to look over your shoulder not to doing a you know to get that respect and that love it just it's just a good feeling and it's a journey Exactly. And we just got to stay on this journey, stay focused. We're going to fall sometimes. We're going to mess up sometimes, but don't wallow in it. Don't beat yourself up. Sometimes you say you're not going to do something and you find yourself doing the very thing you said you wasn't going to do. Don't beat yourself up, but don't give yourself a pass either. Yeah. Don't give yourself a pass either, but don't beat yourself up. Exactly. Get up and go back at it. Lord, I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm sorry you know, and he'll help us. And so that was my thing. And, you know, you just learn to be grateful for all the little things. It's not about big things no more. It's about little things. I thank God for all of the little things, because even the little things is great things if you think about it, because we don't really deserve anything. Exactly. We're not deserving of it. Yeah. We're not deserving of it. But he is so gracious. He's so kind. He's so merciful that he blesses us in spite of us. I've been so blessed by today's forecast. And I believe that a lot of people who will be listening will be blessed as well. A lot of things have been shared. If for nothing at all, I know that as parents, we have to keep an eye on our children. Yes. We have to be able to create that kind of relationship with them so that if there's something going on wrong, they'll be able to voice it out and talk about it and then we can help them go through the journey of healing faster than yeah. keeping it, bottling it up, and then it, they're going to be affected by it. And then I've also learned that we have to be watchful of the people who are closer to us, our relatives, thinking that we can trust them with our children, the care of our children and all that. For me, as a mother, you just have to make time for the children. Right. When children come into your life, you would have to put some part of your life on hold and make sure that you make time for them until they are old enough. Then you can pick up your life back because both parents can't be working and then trusting the children in other people's care. You are not completely sure what will be happening when you are not with them. I think that the lives of the children should be paramount to us. I don't think that we, we get too overprotective, no. But we have to be very cautious of what is going on around them. They may not be able to say, but we have to be their eyes, their mouth, their ears, everything, whilst they are that young. I also yeah. learned that God takes us through rough times 
to make us better people so that he can use us as vessels to be able to rescue those out there. We shouldn't always look at our problems as a problem and then wallow in our sorrow, like I've always said, but we should rather look at it as a learning journey, as a refinery stage, because as gold, it always has to go through the finance before you see the beauty of gold. We have to go through the finance for our abilities to come out, for us to be useful to the society, to the country, to the nation, or wherever we find ourselves. So we shouldn't see whatever we're going through as a problem. We shouldn't um, allow it to take the better of ourselves. It may be difficult, but whatever it is, like just like you said, you sought the face of God. I will do same. I will always run to him because I know he's the only one who has the answers for me. But if you are not that way, whichever way you think is the best for you, you can choose it. But if you are me, if I am me, I will go to God just like you. And for yes. me, I think that is the ultimate way to go to. In closing, I, I would usually say, what will be your final words to our listeners? But because you're a pastor and everything that you've gone through, and because I want it to be a blessing to people, I would ask, can you say a word of prayer? Committing everyone who's gone through some form of abuse, violation, whatever it is they're going through, financial struggle, everything else, that yes. as they listen to this podcast, that they would all be liberated. Also, may this podcast not just be one-sided or may people not just listen and not want to share because that is by sharing is the only way people will get blessed so Amen. let the words we've said today let the messages we've shared today reach that far so that all the people going through some form of abuse in this difficult time will be able to hear the message and then will be saved or have some liberation as they listen so if you can say some words of prayers with us before we finally pull the curtains to a close on this, we'll be grateful. Absolutely, absolutely, Sheila, Ms. Sheila. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you right now for this opportunity. First of all, for allowing me to meet Ms. Sheila, Lord. I thank you for allowing her to uh, have this podcast available, Lord, just to be an encouragement to people all across the nations, Lord. Mm -hmm. Lord, I just thank you for this time and the words that's been shared on today. God, you know we don't come for shame or we don't come for shape, form, or fashion, but God, we just come to lift you up and give you glory. Lord, I pray that some soul that was listening on today, Lord, that they would be blessed. Lord, I pray that something was said will ignite something in their hearts, Lord. Lord, if they're going through something that's of shame, of guilt, and they're remaining quiet, Lord, I'm praying that you open up their tongues. God, give them the courage to speak out to someone that they, can fight, that they can confide in without trying to carry those problems all around by themselves. Lord, I pray right now for, for somebody who's lost or that's seeking some type of help in, in, in their life right now, in their mind. God, we understand that the mental trauma that people are dealing with, Lord, I ask you to touch people that's dealing with depression and anxiety. God, I ask you to bless finances and families, Lord. People need you in so many different ways, but God, I know that you know them all one by one. So Lord, I ask you to touch the listeners, oh God, if it's anybody who's ever been incarcerated, not necessarily physically incarcerated, God, they might be incarcerated right now in their spirit, they might be incarcerated in their mind, God, I ask that you will loose them right now, God, you said, whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever we loosed on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So I ask you to loose your anointing 
upon their lives right now, God. Free them from their space of captivity, God. Let them come out and be open, oh God. Let them walk forward in strength and courage and trust in you. Lord, I know that sometimes we don't understand the way, but your word said, trust in the Lord with all our hearts and lean not into our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge you and you shall direct our paths. God, direct the paths of your people. Touch their hearts, touch their minds, Lord. Touch their situations and their circumstances that they're battling with. I pray that glory is given to you after everything that's said and done on today. Lord, continue to watch over Ms. Sheila and her podcast. Every uh, person that she has to come on and, and share their story. God, I pray for uh, a hundredfold blessing to be poured out and spread it and that it overflow in abundance. Mm-hmm. that the people of God may be blessed. Lord, we just say we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So where can our listeners connect with you? Um, okay, I'm on Facebook as well. It's uh, George W-A-L-T. I didn't put it in there. George W-A-L-T Hodges. George okay. Ward Hodges. Um, my page is public. So, okay. you know, it's not like you have to do anything. I'm, I'm public. Okay. Um you know, if on LinkedIn, it's just George Hodges. Uh, and it's, if you want to see, you know, send me an email, they can email me too at G-W-A-L-T-H-O-D-G-E-S at gmail.com. Um, I check my my, my uh, email regularly. You know, I'm here for whatever. And, and one thing I didn't get to talk about, and, and I really, I wanted to have it today. Like I said, I got a book that's my book is in this going more in depth of my story. And it has a lot of, you know, other details of things that I didn't even share today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I'm just waiting for the publisher to, to give me the release date. And, and it's just, and it's still talking about, you know, just a personal journey of, you know, from, from tragedy to triumph on how the Lord has just blessed. So uh, those are the ways that they can reach me. Um, and I pray that they reach out. Let us, let's just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great. 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 Well, I'd like to say a massive thank you for coming and sharing the story the way you've done. And I would also like to say that if you happen to see this podcast, that you would share it as much as possible so that people will be able to um, be blessed by today's podcast. And if you've been listening in, this is season two, episode 14 of our podcast series, where we've been bringing your way seasoned guests. Do not miss out on these lovely experiences. Subscribe and be notified when a new podcast is released. We have a video presentation of this episode on our YouTube channel. Just search for Podcast with Sheila on YouTube and you'll find us. Until we meet again in a fortnight.